Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to Greater Alton Church. I'm Tim, and it's good to have you with us this morning. Uh, we're looking uh, at a new series uh, this particular week. We're starting it today. Before we get started about that, we're talking about being thankful. Um, have you ever run out of gas? I got to admit, I've run out of gas several times. And, uh, you know, there's those kind of people that just seem to wait till the gas tank's on fumes before they start looking at a gas station. And maybe you can remember some times when uh, the gas was getting low and the little light came on and you had it in your head, well, this is so many miles left. And so you, the, the sweat starts to bead, you know, beads on your forehead. The prayer life starts getting serious because you're saying, man, we just got to get, I got to get to that next gas station. Um, or maybe you're the kind of person that, uh, well, you don't wait till you're on fumes. You're re more responsible than the rest of us. You, you kind of, you maintain that tank. You know, you notice when it's starting to get uh, below half and then you pull over to a quick trip or someplace and, and fill up and top it off. I know for some of you, 2020 has been a year uh, where it feels like you're, if you had an emotional gas tank, it's just, things have just been siphoned and sucked right out of it. And you might be running on fumes and, and one of the things you might be low on is gratitude. That's why the logo, uh, we, got a, we got a gas tank a, uh, that shows you, you know, E and F, and the idea of having a full heart, having a heart full of gratitude. You know, here we are coming up on Thanksgiving, and I don't know what it's going to be like for you, but you may be somebody that's having a hard time finding something to be thankful for. Your grateful gas tank is, is empty. And, uh, and because of that, you know, the year, I mean, look at this year, this 2020, and it isn't over. As I speak right now, they're still counting votes. We don't even know who the president's going to be. And uh, if, along with politics, there's the, the thing with COVID. I just found out yesterday, uh, the, uh, today, early this morning, that, that uh, we've got over 120 new cases yesterday and COVID cases in the United States. And that's creating some anxiety, or maybe your work, your, maybe you've lost your job during this year, or there's been some changes in your job this year. Um, and you know, I don't know if it's me, but it seems like uh, it's putting a strain on us. I've heard of this term COVID fatigue, and one of the symptoms they're saying of that COVID fatigue is, is not that you are tired of the rules or you disregard the rules, but it's more about you, 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 you find your fuse getting shorter, you're snapping at one another, Maybe you're finding yourself in your marriage snapping at one another or in your family some, some tension going on. You can't figure out where it's coming from. And, it, and uh, it, this year has just really tested and troubled our faith, if you think about it. And uh, so it's so important that you, the level of gratitude you have, and you say, well, really, Tim? You think gratitude is, a, is what we ought to be concerned about? I absolutely do believe that. That our level, your level, my level of gratitude has a huge impact on how we handle things when our faith is troubled and when it's tested. I was reading an article, and you can find this if you Google it. It's called uh, "Gratitude Is Good Medicine," and it's by UC Davis. Uh, it's or it's from the, the group UC Davis, and uh, Robert A. Emmons did a study, a great article about the benefits and how gratitude can bless our lives. It, he shows how gratitude, its impact on us mentally and physically. 
For example, we all know that grateful people seem to be happier people. Everybody goes, well, of course. Well, that's not what this study revealed. What this study actually showed was the moment you start practicing gratitude is when you can, it changes you emotionally. It changes you mentally. It changes you physically. It actually uh, has a huge impact on it. Um, by practicing gratitude on a regular basis, you can become happier and healthier. One of the things he, he mentioned was that gratitude, they noticed in this study, it blocks out toxic emotions like fear, and bitterness, resentment, anger, envy, resentment, and depression. Um, it drops when you start practicing gratitude. And it's important you understand when you start practicing gratitude, the level, the stress level of cortisol drops, they discovered, drops on average 23% when those that practice gratitude on a regular basis. Of course, it helps you sleep better, helps you eat better, it improves your immune system. All these things have been confirmed scientifically. And it does, it does wonders for your relationships. And I have to admit, when I read this article, I thought, I wonder if that's true. And I noticed when I'm more grateful, whether it be to Denise or my sons or my grandkids or my my daughter-in-laws, or if I'm grateful to my friends or, or, or uh, other Christians, um, our relationship seems to be better because of it. Isn't that something? So it has a great impact on relationships because when I'm, when I'm ungrateful, that's when I tend to be bitter and bothered and touchy and grumpy and frumpy. But when I start being great, having gratitude and thanking God and, and trying to pick out the things that I see in people that I really am grateful for, that I can appreciate, it changes how I see them. It improves my relationships with them. And gratitude also uh, makes you more optimistic. That's been, that's scientifically been proven. You're more active and you eat healthier. They say people that, that have low levels of gratitude, when, it's, when, the, when the gratitude tank is closer to E, they tend to eat more food that's bad for them than good for them. Now before, you, you might say, oh Tim, you know, I've heard this kind of stuff before. And you might even brush off the science thing. By the way, I don't think a Christian should oppose scientific evidence. We should really look at it. A lot of times scientific evidence, in fact, I believe scientific evidence usually confirms what God's already said in his word. And, and in this case, it definitely does. Because um, God agrees that gratitude can have a powerful impact on your life. Uh, and he values, it's a big deal to God to be gr a grateful person. But his goal is not just limited to so you'll feel better and eat better and sleep better. His goal is so you'll live better and you'll live in a godly way. And if you, if you want to get a, if you've got a Bible and you'd like to turn to Romans 1, we're going to, this is something, you know, we read, we read through passages sometimes that we don't notice. And I happen to catch something from this passage that I uh, frequently, uh, overlook. And this is in Romans 1. Paul is talking to the church in Rome and he's talking about how God's wrath is coming to the wicked. Uh, even though there's great evidence of his existence, there are going to be people that are going to ignore the Christian evidence. And for some other reason, they're not going to acknowledge him. They're not going to serve him. And he says, and God's, God is displeased with that and his wrath is coming to those people. Well, here's verse 21. Here's what he has to say. Yes, it says they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God. And look at this. 
or even give him thanks. That's interesting. They didn't worship him, it says, but they wouldn't even give him thanks. They were ungrateful. And look what happens. They begin to think up foolish, in other words, crazy ideas of God. It's been my experience that, that, again, I've said this before, there are people that do not believe in God because uh, we think it's because they need more Christian evidence. Sometimes people don't believe in God because they're angry with God. They're ungrateful people, and it makes them skeptical. They're bitter. And here we see this, that this, this lack of gratitude causes thinking up or, or believing strange, weird ideas of what God is like. And it says, as a result, it's like a domino effect. As a result, their minds become dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, in other words, they're blinded by their pride, they instead become utter fools, cons, suckers. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols. In other words, their stuff is at the center of their lives. Now, Paul goes on to say, he adds some more things that gratitude does, a lack of gratitude does, what it brings. And here in Romans 1, verses 20 through 32, let's read together. It says, since they thought, the same people, they're ungrateful, they thought it foolish to acknowledge, in other words, thank God, their lives became full of every kind of wickedness. It corrupted them. Sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, it's all coming from ingratitude, deception, malicious behavior, gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, in other words, they're rude, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and look at this one, and they disobey their parents. In other words, they have a hard time with authority. They refuse, to understand, they refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They, they know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve, deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. See that list? All the things that ingratitude does, what it how it, how it just destroys a person's life. All, all kinds of, uh, did any of these behaviors, do you notice, did you notice those, have you had having them lately? It may be because they're lacking some gratitude. Now there was a Roman scholar by the name of Cicero that said these words, gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all others. Happens to be a Roman scholar, and here in the book of Romans, Paul he shows how ingratitude is the parent of all kinds of problems. But what if we, what if we read the Bible, uh, this, particular, this particular passage a certain way? What if we did it this way? And what I'd like to do is I'd like to read it over it again, but this time with the idea of gratitude and see if you notice something. We now know what ingratitude looks like. What would gratitude look like? Well, let's start at back at Romans 1 again. And, and let's look at this. Let's read it this way. Yes, they knew God, but instead of not worshiping him, they worshiped him. Instead of not giving, instead of not giving thanks, they gave thanks. So what would happen? Well, the opposite. They begin to think up 
wise ideas of God, not foolish ones. As a result, their minds became full of light. They weren't darkened, and they weren't confused anymore. There's clarity. That's what gratitude does. Look how gratitude blesses you here. Claiming to be wise, in other words, instead of being full of pride, they're claiming that they don't know everything. They, they claim they need to learn. That's what gratitude does. It puts God in his place and puts me in my place. They instead became, instead of utter fools and suckers, they became students. Instead of worshiping the glorious everlasting God, they did. Grateful people did. And they didn't worship their stuff. And again, let's look at verses 28 through 32 again here in Romans 1. And read it with the idea of what if it said, this is what gratitude looks like, okay? Since they thought it, instead of foolish, wise to acknowledge and thank God, their lives became full of every kind of righteousness, of generosity instead of greed, love instead of hate, goodwill instead of envy, not murder. No, they, were, they cared about other people. Quarreling, there was no quarreling. They lived in harmony with people. Instead of deception, gratitude would what? Bring about transparency and honesty. Instead of being malicious, they're kind. Instead of a gossip, they're praising people. They're not trash-talking people. Instead of being backstabbers, grateful people would be backwatchers. They would, get, they, they would be able to say to their friends that they're grateful for, I've got your back. I'll protect you. They're lovers of God, not haters. Instead of being insolent and rude, they respect others. You know, grateful people, the people that, when you're grateful to someone, you respect them. Instead of proud, they're humble. Instead of boastful, they're modest. And instead of inventing new ways of sinning, when you're ungrateful, they're thinking of new ways to honor God. It says here, uh, they, if, if you're ungrateful, you disobey your parents. Well, if you're grateful, you obey your parents. You respect authority. You appreciate authority. You value authority. And you, instead of refusing to understand, you're a sponge. You want to understand. You listen more than speak. And you keep your promises instead of breaking them. When you're grateful, Instead of being heartless, that's what ingratitude causes. Gratitude causes empathy in people, for people. And instead of having no mercy, there's, a, there's this, I give people some latitude, and I, I, I'm more understanding. And, and, and yet, a grateful person does know that people who live ungodly deserve to die. They, they stay away from that because they're grateful, and they encourage others. To avoid it as well, to be grateful. See how that reads? Isn't that wonderful? What a positive thing gratitude does to our lives. And it's no wonder that God puts so much uh, emphasis and, and so much value on having gratitude. Look here in Psalms 50. The sacrifice that honors me is a thankful heart. When you look at the Levitical sacrificial system in the Old Testament, all the different uh, sacrifices and offerings that Jews made, many of them are in the form of gratitude and giving thanks. And look at here in Colossians 3. This is a very familiar passage for most of us here. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, I've read that passage for years. and Yeah, 
We need to do with the authority, whatever we do, whatever we, whatever we accomplish in life, we need to make sure it's pleasing God. It agrees with his Bible, agrees with the word. But notice it says giving thanks to God, the Father through him. And what I get from this is that his lordship and my discipleship are fueled by my gratitude. And if my gratitude tank is low, it's going to be hard to follow Christ. So today what I want to do is I want to spend some time talking about three choices that you and I can make that will fill our hearts with gratitude. Now you might ask yourself, well, is it, is it gratitude and emotion? I think it's a good question. It is a good question to think about. Is gratitude a state or a trait? Because there's some that would say, well, it's, it's, it's a feeling. Because when you start feeling grateful, then you are grateful. But could I suggest another idea? That, that gratitude is more of a trait in the sense of it's something that you choose to do, and then the feelings follow. I don't know how you are, but I know for me, if I'm waiting for the feeling to come before I do something, sometimes I'm waiting a long time. Kind of like something on the side of the road out of gas. If I'm waiting for the tank to fill up and just feel its way to fullness before it go down the road, I'm probably going to be waiting longer than I would if I was to thumb a ride or flag somebody down and go get some gas and put it in the tank. So this idea is, is it a, is it a choice? Is it an emotion? I believe that gratitude is a choice, and it's my choice. It's your choice, and it's critical that you make, that you choose gratitude. Colossians 2 says this, your life should be full of thanks to him. He's saying you, you need to make sure your, your tank is full of, of gratitude. And you say, Tim, I just don't feel grateful, especially this past year. I'm with you. Man, I've had some times when I went, I did nothing but complain and whine and cry about stuff because I didn't like it. I didn't want it. I didn't ask for it. Why is this happening to me? And I'd bite at my wife, and I'd bite at my dog, and my cats, and, and my friends, and I'd be short-fused, and I'd be grumpy. I'd start looking at things in a skewed, distorted way. And that's what gratitude does. It, it just help, it makes us look at things in such a distorted, uh, destructive way. And I guess I'm saying is, you can, you can wait to feel thankful, or you can choose to be let me tell you something this morning. If you choose to be thankful, it'll bless your life. You see, choosing to be thankful, it's, it, to have gratitude, being full of gratitude is more about can I, not about can I, but will I. Will I choose it? Will I choose to be a grateful person? And so let's look at these three choices and they'll be through uh, this morning. So how do I fill my heart with gratitude? Here's the first choice. I count my blessings daily. I don't do this. But I look at the scriptures. They encourage me to constantly be counting my blessings. Constantly be thinking of the blessings I have. You know, here we are getting close to, to uh, Thanksgiving. And we're going to be, you know, we start doing that every November or during, during that season. But it's something we should be doing all the time, not just in November. And that's counting our blessings. Um, Look at the Bible says here is Psalms 103. My, oh, my soul, bless God. From head to toe, I'll bless his holy name. 
Oh, my soul, bless God, don't forget a single blessing. Isn't that something? The psalmist is saying, I don't want to forget any of these blessings. And see, it's easy to forget how blessed I am. And why is that? I focus on other stuff. I'm focused on something else. And it takes my eye off of all the blessings I have. I have a box here. I went by Mr. Donut this morning, um, and um, I decided to get some donuts. And let me let me see. I'm, I've got some old-fashioned in here. And here's, you know, look at this one here. Doesn't that look good? That's a glazed donut. Beautiful. Beautiful donut, you know. A cup of coffee, and, you, you know, it's next next to heaven. It's one of the best things to have on, on a nice nice uh, Sunday morning, okay? And I, I watched, I was watching a video of a fella doing an object lesson with a donut. And here's what he said. He said this, as you go through life, make it your goal to focus on the donut and not the hope. You see, ingratitude is preoccupied with the hope, not with all the other blessings that we have. You ever catch yourself focusing on the whole and not all the blessings? And somebody else has to point it out to you? I remember one time I was complaining about business and my mom was visiting uh, the shop and I'm sitting there, got my hand against the wall, leaned up against the wall. I said, Mom, I just don't know. I'm so worried. I don't know how it's going to work. And I just, I just don't know. And, and she goes, you don't think God's blessing you? And she took my hand and she put her hand on my hand and rubbed it on this brand new shop. I had a brand new building. Says, you don't think God's taking care of you, Tim? You know, she reminded me what I was focusing on the whole. I wasn't focused on the donut. I should focus on the on the donut. Make it in life. Make it your goal to focus on the donut, not the whole. You know, Adam and Eve is a great example of that, where they focused on not on the donut but on the whole. Think about it. Imagine they're living in the Garden of Eden. They've got everything they could possibly need. God says you can you can eat anywhere any any tree you want except that one tree. And what do Adam and Eve do? They start focusing on what they don't have. They start focusing. They're preoccupied with what's missing in their life, and not what they really have. And you see, I, I don't know. I think sometimes what happens is is that we we can tend to focus on something we don't have so much that we. We can't even see. We're blind to all the blessings. I don't have a spouse, or I wish I had a different spouse. I wish I had a family. I wish I had this job. I wish I was like that person. And we, we play this, this game, and, it's, and we never win when we do that kind of stuff. And like Adam and, T, Adam and Eve, what ends up happening is this lack of gratitude just destroys us, just eats away, and just siphons our energy and our praise dry. But you know what you can do? You can start focusing on the blessings right now, and God will fill your heart. When you start counting and focusing on those blessings, He'll fill your heart with gratitude. He'll fill your heart with peace and joy and contentment. Here's David saying, here's what David says, what a stack of blessing you have piled up for those who worship you. David says, I look at my life, and I just can't believe how much. And I try to start counting, and I'm just taken back. My life is filled with all kinds of blessings. And because of that, his heart is filled with gratitude. What I ask you, what I challenge you to do is, is um, this month, do 
during the month of November up to Thanksgiving. Make a list of things that you're thankful for. One fellow I listened to suggested you make a journal. Get your little notebook and maybe write at the top of the page, 10 things I'm thankful for in, in my husband, my wife, my children, my job, my health, you know, uh, my country. You know, just, just, and just start filling in those, start filling them in. See if you can find five, 10 blessings and, he said, and, and the thing about this is, when you do this on a daily basis, and do it for at least two weeks, but if you were to do it till then, watch how it transforms your attitude. You'll find yourself being less cynical and skeptical and critical because you, your eyes can't get past of all the blessings that are, that are in your life. Again, Make it your goal to focus on the donut and not the hole. Okay, so here's the second. Here's the second choice, and that's I express my gratitude in person. I count my blessings every day. I start thinking about my blessings, but I also not just keep it to myself. I, I learn and I begin to express my gratitude in person. How are you expressing your gratitude? How have you been? during this virus pandemic. I mean, what kind of things are you, you, you saying to others? We just got through Halloween and one of the things I noticed was I listened to parents saying to the kids, what do you say? What do you say if they got the candy? I remember one time my mom was, it was during Christmas or a birthday party. Uh, the mind's a little fuzzy, you're gonna understand why. I, I, I was, uh, I got something from my grandmother, and you know, when you're seven, five, seven years old, at least in my day, clothes weren't the biggest thing. We got some clothes, and my mom said, so what do you say? And I said, is this it? And that's all I can remember. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it was a little fuzzy after that, okay? <laughs> and then I realized, oh, I should have said, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And why is it? We tell, we're telling our children, well, we don't say to them, how do you feel? You don't say that. No, you don't say, wait for a feeling. No, you go, you say, choose to express. What do you say? Thank you. You know, a lot of us adults need to, you know, Jesus is telling us that too. What do you say? Yeah. What do you say to your, your family that's blessed your life? What do you say to the business, you know, where you work? Um, we all, by the way, just because I own my own business, I work for somebody. I work for everybody who puts in a windshield. We all work for somebody. What do you say? Are, are you verbalizing it? Are you, are you expressing it in some, in person? In person. It does wonders. It does wonders. See, grateful people confirm what they value and who they value on a regular basis. Look at these two passages. Here's Paul talking to one of his closest um, disciples that he was mentoring. He says, I thank God for you, he says to Timothy. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Can you imagine hearing that somebody say that to you? I pray every day and I thank God for you, for knowing you. Uh, here's Paul talking to the church of Philippi, his sweetheart church, his favorite church is what some, some scholars believe. I thank my God every time I think of you. First of all, I, I'm really challenged by this. Do I thank God every time I think about my church? 
tell you what, there's been some thoughts that went through my mind every time I think of Greater Old, and there haven't been grateful thoughts. Bothered about this, worried about that, upset about this, you know, why is that? Frustrated about that. Somewhere the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. Let me ask you a question. When you're complaining and griping, when I'm complaining and griping, whose gates are we going to? Think about that. Paul says to this church, every time you cross my mind, I thank God for you. I mean, how would you feel if you heard somebody say that to you? If your wife or husband said that to you, or your kids or your parents said that to you, or a Christian friend or a leader said that to you, or an employer or employee, every time I think of you, I just thank God for our friendship. I've said that things like that to a few people in my life. How would you feel if somebody said that to you? And I know when we talk like this, I'm sure someone out here, you may be crushing around, yeah, I think people ought to start talking to me like that. And Tim, I think it, you ought to be talking to me like that. And listen, okay, you got me. But there's a bigger question here. Because I know how I feel when somebody says it to me. I feel awesome. But how do I feel when I say something like that to someone? I want you to think about that for a minute. Because when you say or express your gratitude to someone else, it only has an impact on them. It has an impact on you. It does something inside you. When you start, it makes you more positive about the person. The resentment melts away. The irritation melts away. So I want to encourage you when you to speak up, not look for someone to speak up, but you speak into their lives. Look them in the eye. Express your gratitude. Thank God and thank them to their face. This, this UC Davis study, one of the things it said was that writing a thank you note, writing a simple thank you note for two weeks has a tremendous impact on your emotion, emotional and mental state. And one of the things he pointed out in this study was that they noticed it reduced feelings of hopelessness in 88% of suicidal patients in this study. And by writing a thank you note, by expressing it personally, by, by finding something to be grateful for in a person, or writing a thank you note to a person, it increased optimism in 94% of these people. That's phenomenal, isn't it? And I think right now the first two points, to be honest, I, you go, well, of course, Tim, count your blessings, be, express your gratitude. Got it, heard that before, sure. I want to tell you something, I think those are, those, those are wonderful things to do, but I'm not sure it's enough. What do you mean, Tim? I'm not sure. What I'm saying is that when I'm going through a tough time, thinking about appreciating food or clothing, when I'm going through a time when my faith is tested and I'm troubled by what's going on, like a 2020, like a COVID epidemic, or, a, or whatever have you, you know, a loss of a job or a divorce or cancer, knowing I got some money in the bank 
being grateful for that just doesn't cut it. That's what I'm saying. Or just something. It's good. And I'm saying we should do these things. And I encourage you to do these things. But I want to encourage you to do a third thing. To, to make a third choice. So what is it, Tim? That third choice is that, I, that you focus on, spiritual, on your spiritual blessings. See, this is something that's unique. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, this is a unique choice you can make. If you're not a Christian, you can't make this choice. Man, if you if you've dedicated, you commit your life to Christ, you surrender to Him, you 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 trust Him, you get baptized. Let me tell you, when you're saved, you can benefit from focusing on the spiritual blessings. Because there are some spiritual blessings only those that are that are tied to God possess. Look at this passage in Ephesians 3. Let us give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this. For in our union with Christ, he's talking about those that are, that are Christians, those that have made this commitment, that have a serious relationship with God. He has blessed us by giving us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly world. Every, what's that mean? Every spiritual blessing that God has, the Christian gets to have. And you're talking about like food and shelter and, and your health and your job and your family. Those are, every Thanksgiving we're going to focus on those. You ask any seven-year-old, okay, lead them in prayer. They're going to say, thank you for the food. Thank you for mommy and daddy and brother and sister, hopefully. Uh, and thank you for, uh, you know, Grandpa and Grandma, and for puppies, and you know, I, I, yeah, all, but they're material things, okay? And, and yes, God does bless us materially. I'm not denying that. But there's another, a whole new chapter, a whole new room full of blessings that only the Christian, if you're a believer, only you and I get to, get to have that we get to, we can praise God for that get us through the trying, tough times in life. These are spiritual blessings. They come from heaven itself. They're not on the earth. They're not on the earth. They come from heaven. They come from God. They come to his children. They come into his family. And see, it's these blessings that remind me of my purpose in life. They, they give me purpose. They give me hope. They give me peace and joy. Look at what it says in James 1 here. Every good and perfect gift is from God. This kind of gift, this kind of gift, comes down from the Father who created the heavenly lights. He's talking about spiritual blessings. You say, well, well the cross is, yes, it's a tangible but spiritual blessing. But Jesus Christ came, his own son, come to this earth and died for you. that we can be saved. It's just breathtaking to think about that blessing. That no matter what's going on in my life, no how tough it can be sometimes, I am saved. God, love hasn't changed. His promises are still good. His power is still there. He is still in control. When it looks like my circumstances, it's a mess. 
I love this passage in, one, in Psalms 138 as we close this lesson. Uh, the, the psalmist lists these, some of these blessings. He says, I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. I will sing your praises before the gods. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name, and look here, for your unfailing love and faithfulness. God is for you this morning. I want you to know that. The psalmist is telling us that God's love doesn't, it doesn't fade, it doesn't fail, it can't be killed, and, it, and he's faithful and just, he says. For your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. As soon as I pray, look at here, what a blessing. As soon as I pray, you answer me. God listens to your prayers. He is interested in what you're praying about. He will answer your prayers. I'm not talking about whether he answers them the way I want them, but I know he'll answer. He doesn't just sit there and ignore me. He won't ignore you. What a blessing to have the creator of everything listen to you, is interested in you, and is for you. Because you encourage me by giving me strength. I don't know what it is, but this, this spiritual blessing that there's, like Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. There are just some things I don't know how to get through. But when I come to the Lord, he supplies the energy, the strength, and the peace, and the confidence, and I can get through it. What a blessing for the child of God. These circumstances don't have to get the best of you. Not when you're following Christ. You can be reassured. He is working. Every king in all the earth will thank you. Lord, for all of them will hear your words. Yes, they will sing about the Lord's ways. The Lord's ways. The Lord working. The Lord's working right now in your life. That's a spiritual blessing. He is not sitting on his hands, folks. He is working in your life. For the glory of the Lord is very great. Wow. And though the Lord is great he cares for the humble he though he's great he's not aloof but he he is approachable and not only is am i able to approach him he approaches me he approaches you but he keeps his distance from the proud though i am surrounded look at here what the psalmist says though i'm surrounded by troubles you will protect me from the anger of my enemies you will reach out your hand, and the power of your right hand saves me. Again, I want to say, what a spiritual blessing the cross is such a blessing. What, a, what an amazing love of God we can see displayed on the cross. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. I said a minute ago, the Lord's working, and he works everything, according to Romans 8, for, the good, for our good, for your good as a Christian. So you can trust, even when you read something that you go, I don't know if I quite agree with that, you can assume, first of all, well, I guess I'm not, not right about this. God is, and it's in my best interests. That God has my best interests in mind. He goes, he goes Lord, you will work out his, uh, the Lord will work out his plans for my life, for your faithful love, O oh Lord, endures forever. We see his love, his salvation, his protection, his help, his guidance, his patience, his, his kindness, his purpose, and not only his plan, his plan stretched back into your past, into my past, and wiped away all sin, 
and is cleansing us now and giving us purpose now and meaning now, but then look what's ahead. We, his, the best is yet to come that he's planned ahead for you and I. I think about those things. I think of those are spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessings like, uh, and some of them are tangible, I'm not denying that, the cross, the Holy Spirit, the Bible, and his church. God blesses me with these people with his word. So whatever you're going through right now, I want to say to you, whatever you're going through right now in 2020, and maybe it's and it's been a tough year. I, I, I can't say maybe it's been a tough year. It's been a tough year for everybody. I want to encourage you and challenge you. Focus on the donut, not the hole. Focus on the blessings. Count them. Express them. Practice gratitude. And also, Look for the spiritual blessings that God gives you because you're a child of God. And watch and watch your love tank, your gratitude tank slowly fill. Again, I end these words again here as we end this uh, lesson this morning. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. I just want you to think about, look at your attitude. How's your attitude been the last several months? Ask yourself this, whose gates have I been entering? Whose gates do I go through when I'm complaining? Whose gates do I go through when I'm gossiping? Whose gates am I wa walking through when I'm criticizing? Whose gates do I go through when I'm rude? When I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm mean. Whose gates do I go through when I lose my temper? Whose gates do I go through when I'm grateful? There's the gate you want to go through. Let me encourage you as we get closer and closer to Thanksgiving, as we go through this series, you know, Mike Daniels is going to be talking about being grateful in all circumstances. He'll be doing that next week. But let me encourage you to start counting your blessings. Start expressing that gratitude. Start appreciating blessings from heaven and God will fill your tank let's pray father thank you for so much for your word father for your power your promise father thank you for purpose I just think about and, and uh, clarity you give every time we look in your word father I just think about how am I expressing my gratitude I know we're all probably thinking that Father, I just think about uh, the people I need to be grateful for, the blessings you give me. I think about sometimes how much I can focus on the whole of what I may lack and how it gets me into all kinds of trouble emotionally, in my relationships, some choices that I make. Father, I just pray, I pray for, for myself and for everyone here that's listening that you'll help us learn to enter your gates with thanksgiving that we that we think of all the blessings that you have so generously given us and help us use those blessings father not only to uh, to improve um, our attitude but father to share with others this holiday season 
Father, I know several of us have COVID right now. We're at home. I pray, Father, you'll take especially care of those that are, that are um, infected at this time. Thank you, Father, for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the greatest gift of all. And we praise you in the name of Christ. Amen.